welcome back to Dating Games, the modern relationships podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Temps, and our guest this week is a Canadian comedian who's now based in Manchester. I had the joy of seeing them perform alongside previous guests of the pod, Larry Dean, recently. And I will say, having witnessed it myself, you really do have some of the best crowd work, and I get to see a lot of comedy. No, don't make that face. You do. So please welcome Evan Demaray. Hey, how's it going? I thought we weren't talking about that show you just came to see. We're not talking about which one it was, but I definitely have come and seen you perform, yeah. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. good. Yeah, for reasons unknown to the listeners, sometimes I have to leave things vague on the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Little mystery. Of course. And so, tell, tell me this, you are really good at chatting to people from the stage striking up conversation quizzing people without coming across like interrogative i would imagine you're also pretty great and chatty on a date or is that no um yes and no because like first off like i it's not just the stage that i like talking to people i i'm one of those attention seeking persons <laughs> that like i love talking to everybody like everywhere always like it's annoying going with me places because i'll like, last night we were driving back from London, we stopped off at a services, and then I ended up in, like, a 10-minute conversation with the ladies at the, like, at the little shop. Like, I was, I was just buying a water, and she was telling me all about how she, like, went to Canada, and I'm like, oh my god, where? And we talked about Niagara Falls. It's, I talked to a lot of people. Yes, Niagara Falls that I only recently, I think whilst recording, found out was partly in Canada. Sorry, did you say partly in Canada? You mean partly in America? Well, I you know, see. Here's the problem. I thought it was fully in America. No, and... part, they barely have falls. <laughs> see, what are you talking I'm, about, bro. Look, I'm I'm consistently being wrong. Maybe that's the one thing that that's going to be the thing I'm never allowed to talk about on air because every time I mention it, I, I'm I think I cropped it out of the episode before. Because it just, it threw me so much that we wasted too much time in it. Like, it was on my mental health podcast. We wasted a lot of time talking about Niagara Falls. So to crop it out. I used to be a tour guide for Niagara Falls. So if you do want to start a Niagara Falls podcast, let's go. Oh, shit. Of all the people to not know about it. <laughs> all right. Well, I will, I will I, immediately I, tap out to your superior intellect on this one. <laughs> Fine. But back to the, the, the chatting to the to the opposite sex, or just to partners in general. Yeah, I, I have in the past used my powers of of the gift of gab, of you know the the kiss and the the blimey stone to 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 be able to seduce potential love interests. When I was younger, I was a bit of a fuckboy. Okay. That, that explains the slight creepy tone you were leaning into as you over it's favor. No, it, it happens, and I think... I'll explain a lot of things. Yeah, and I think it can be something that maybe if you have yeah, certain sociable skills, certain ability to connect with people in one way, but then maybe not the, you know, the readiness or the maturity to actually commit and follow that through, then the fuck boyery really fills in that gap, right? I also, I think I, I stamped myself as a bit of a fuckboy, even though I know in my heart of hearts, like, it was never an intention to hurt anybody or, like, that kind of stuff. Like, I I associate my fuckboyness of just being loose. I was a bit of a slut. But I was still honest and open with everybody. And, like, I, I don't think I ghosted anyone. 
Like, I, I didn't do the classic fuckboy tropes. Okay. I mean, that doesn't sound so bad, then. I've nothing against sluttery, just as long as everyone knows what they're in for. Yeah, but, you know, when I was doing it, the term for that was fuckboy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Maybe, I guess I think of it more in terms of, like, fucking with people's feelings. Like, leading people on. See? No. Good. All right. So we're establishing, I was correct, you are a nice person. <laughs> this, is, this is good to I know. Try. You, it, it's always a bit of a weird thing to realize on air if you're like, oh, this person maybe doesn't have the uh, the morals that I thought they would be. This is going to be interesting to listen back to. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, you certainly come across really sweet in your stage persona, but I don't get the impression that you're massively different off stage. And if you're like oh. chatting to people 24-7, then yeah, probably not. You're doing crowd work all day, every day. Well, I, I think the issue that I fall into is that I'm yeah, I'm pretty much 100% always doing crowd work mm-hmm. in the wild. And I'm flirting with everybody. Like I'm constantly flirting with everyone, which I think might end up hurting people's feelings if they think there's something there that's not. Because I'm so flirty with everybody, but that's just kind of who I am. Yeah, I can see that. I have had a bit of the same, that I'm like very direct and like really really fascinated in people in general and so Mm -hmm. I will have this kind of like laser light focus on new people and I'm really excited to get to know them and spend time with them and oftentimes like with new friends they can be a bit in the place of like oh is is this just a friendship because they're maybe not used to like someone taking so much time to get to know them in that way if it is platonic yeah Yeah. and you know it's life and the confusing part on it is I don't always necessarily know if I'm attracted to them either. So yeah. it's not without confusion on this side. So tell me this, did that cause any hurt feelings for when you're in a relationship with somebody? Did they ever perceive you as like flirting with everyone else and that being a problem? Yes, that has arisen a couple of times. I remember there was one girl who I was madly in love with who I used to work with and we ended up hooking up and she was like the girl of my dreams kind of thing. Right, because like, oh, the, the, the things I'm attracted to, like, because like I, I'm heterosexual and like I'll occasionally make up the, the occasional dude, whatever. But but I love a, like a woman who owns a business. I love a woman who's artistic and knows how to play music. Like anyone who's like got her own dream and passion is so much more of a turn on than like just a hot person. Like if you if you got stuff together and you're motivated, I find that so enticing. Anyway, yeah, so there was sad. this one girl who, like, we we'd ended up, like, hooking up. And then afterwards, she was like, oh, I wouldn't have done that if I had known how many people you had hooked up with. And, like, hearing that sentence kind of killed me. Mm. So I was like, but this, it doesn't take away from the feeling I have for you. Well, this is, this is it. This is why, like, partly my pro-sluttery stance, because the idea that somebody's value is somehow equated to the number of sexual partners they've had has never really made sense to me. Like, I think it's oppressive and controlling and speaks to, like, larger societal problems around sex and, like, how Mm -hmm. strange we are all about it, you know? And that's a very common issue, but to kind of weaponize that against people, I, I do think is really dangerous. And instead, I guess I try and remind myself to be like, is this a nice person? Are are we going to be good together? Are they going to treat me kindly? What are the reasons I want to be with them? You know, there's so much to examine. And that is never a metric that I think 
counts so much. I also find it's an interesting thing when I've like seen it in friends where like they've had partners be really interested in how many sexual partners they've had. And you're sort of like, where is that coming from? You know, mm-hmm. what is the baggage that maybe links to? Well, I, I think a lot of it's like, yeah, that insecurity is if, like, there's two things, right? It's like, oh, if you're the kind of person who sleeps around a lot, are you done with that phase of your life? Are you ready to settle down with me? Or is are you going to get bored because you're used to multiple partners? It's like all of that stuff. And then it's the insecurity of that commitment that you have to each other. And if they're going to want to stay, are you, are you making the right choice with a partner? Like, how that bleeds into every other part of your life? Are you able to commit to work? Are you able to commit to children? Are you able to commit to living in one city? Like, yeah, it's a lot of assumptions based on a metric that is quite arbitrary. Like I remember, I'm reminded of a friend of mine had like a conversation like that with his girlfriend at the time where she she did like one of the days just asked like what his number was. And then he felt a bit uncomfortable with that conversation. But the more she insisted the more uncomfortable he became and then as his best mate he was like I'm not entirely sure of the number a because sometimes I'm drunk b because I don't know what she wants from this he he was like I feel like any number I give is going to be the wrong one and I was like yes that's how we know this is a trap and he wasn't even sure how to categorize it he's like oh if I had like if I hooked up with somebody at a house party that doesn't seem like it should count as a number the same way as like having a three-year relationship with somebody. And this is the problem with it, right? How much can you extrapolate from, you know, making stats out of people's relationships? That all being said, the key to all relationships and to to be with the right person is honesty. Trust. You tell them your number, you tell them how it is, trust and honesty. If they don't respect you for it, okay, cool. We're not meant to be together. If you're judging me for who I was or who I am, then okay, move on. I'll find somebody who does love me. If the number defines whether or not that person trusts you, I don't trust her trust. (laughs) I'm not sure that's the trust for me. Yeah. And so you have a story in mind of a uh, tricky relationship, right? Yeah, look, I'll tell the story. It's about... uh, So so because... In 2020, when I went to Australia for two months for the festivals, mm-hmm. that's when the pandemic hit. And then I ended up staying in Australia for two and a half years. It was hard. You weren't allowed to leave, right? I, for the, like, I could have left. Like, I was legit. I had my bags packed. I was at the airport ready to be on my flight. But there was a, a woman there who I was madly in love with. And I had kind of hoped there was a global pandemic to give us a chance to try a relationship. Because she, she's like, I thought she was a soulmate. Like, it was you the world does revolve around me I made it happen so then we kind of talked about it like I was ready to go and it was like look I could go lock down in Manchester in a house share or I could stay here and keep you company we don't know how long this lasts and we could give our like this a shot between us Mm -hmm. so we did and I still have so much love for her but yeah yeah, if, (laughs) if you have something new locking down with somebody is very difficult yeah. Because then you get to learn so much about them so quickly. Yes, too much, too quick. So there was an instance where I guess we weren't like, <laughs> we weren't sleeping together for, for a little bit. So I, I thought I, I would, okay. 
God, <laughs> we re- readjust your seat. Tell me the real, real. <laughs> well, because she doesn't like pornography. She thinks it's bad. She thinks it's cheating. Okay. And and that's right. a conversation on its own. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine, right? You're allowed to feel that way. It's not necessarily how I feel. I don't I don't agree with the whole porn industry, but also sometimes it's pretty sick. <laughs> so I went to take a bath just so we had some separation. She was watching TV on the couch. I went to take a bath. There was no lamp or candles. So I just, I turned off the lights in the bath and I was watching a movie on my phone. Perfect. And then it started getting a little hot in the bath and I got bored of the movie. So then I started flipping through TikTok and TikTok got a little sexy. And then I just started casually watching some sexier videos on my phone. But because it was so hot in the bathtub, I unplugged the tub and I let the water drain. So I'm in the dark flipping through sexy videos and I, my other hand i wasn't masturbating but i was kind of like playing with stuff mm-hmm. just like just just like juggling you know when you have those like meditation balls <laughs> in your hand like i was i was meditating while looking at some sexy videos okay and then all of a sudden and she comes in to bring me a hot chocolate like a beautiful woman she is and she catches me naked in an empty bathtub in the darkness <laughs> playing with myself while watching porn which i think might be one of the lowest i've ever been caught mm. <laughs> <laughs> and i mean so many questions feels, must have come so up much for more her. embarrassing when your response is just mm. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know what my correct response to that is because you gave me the logic. You talked me through it. I can totally see how you ended up there. But also, I can't help but put myself in her mind and think, would I walk in and be like, oh my God, you needed to get away from me so bad. You faked a whole scenario and sat in an empty, uncomfortable, probably sticky by now bath just to escape me in the fucking dark and watch stuff on your phone, you've probably got a cramp from holding it up just to be away from right? That that's what the noise was. Yeah. yeah that was yeah. me being like, God, what was going through her mind? Oh, I couldn't imagine. My my heart sank. Yeah. My my heart just it also went down the drain. I feel like the but, next but, thing I would do would be sit down with the hot chocolate and be like, so how are you gonna explain yourself out of this one? Oh, man. Legit, though, like, I just started laughing. I thought it was so funny. Because, like, when when you break down that process, right, you don't even consciously think about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right? You're in a bathtub, it's hot, you're watching a movie, and then, like, you just, you're mindlessly scrolling. And then my body's like, oh, I'm just kind of sweating, it's too hot in here. So you take your toes and you unplug it, and you're just mindlessly scrolling, and you don't even know what's happening. So then when somebody catches you, you're also catching yourself in that moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Being like, what? <laughs> and so how did that conversation go? What was her next move? Oh, she was upset. She Yeah, she told a couple friends. Mm-hmm. They thought it was funny. She was like, but porn's bad. And I'm like, come on. Um, yeah, I see. I don't fully know what my opinion on this is actually because I'm not, I similarly am not, hugely for yeah i'm definitely against much of the porn industry the ways in which fabian has harmed so many people and their income sorry fabian yeah so the guy that's Pornhub. oh oh 
There's an interesting podcast all about it called The Butterfly Effect with John Ronson. Would recommend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you didn't know I'd have a weird academia about a thing that I don't partake in. I, I am more for like the OnlyFans kind of model. So I myself prefer not OnlyFans because like that's relatively new. I, I don't mind OnlyFans. I think it's great, right? Pay to, pay to watch kind of shit. Well, it's great because now it's like creators, like influencers, like uh, TikTok is the perfect marketplace for comedians and for OnlyFans levels. Magic. Webcam models are my thing, right? Like okay. in the past, like, decade, that's always been, like, I always thought it was entrepreneurial because, like, all you need is a laptop to sit there and just hold control. Yeah, well, this is the thing. There's a lot of stigma that comes with sex work, which I'm very against. I'm very pro, like, decriminalization, allowing people to, you know, express themselves and make money with their body if they want to. And I don't really think, you know, that should be something that the government tax, hence why I'm more like decriminalise versus, you know, legalise. But, you know, obviously within that, there's certain things that, you know, should have clear rules in terms of like, you know, obviously like age of consent and stuff like that. Where was I going with this point? We're, I think we're a porn podcast now. <laughs> I think that's where we've ended up. Well, um, are a part of a relationship because you said you don't know how you feel against it and... I just want to clarify, what do you not feel like? What, oh, what do you sorry. About? How you feel with porn or how do you feel with porn within relationships when it comes to if that's cheating or not? Oh, I 100% don't think it's cheating. Yeah, the bit I don't fully know my opinions on is like where that fits in a relationship. I think it, you know, varies a lot. I certainly don't think it's cheating. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a counterpoint to you right now, right? Mm-hmm. So... Well, the reason why that's not cheating, right? Because you're you're sexually gratifying yourself when you watch porn, right? That that's the idea of it. You're you're having a weak hum, right? You're releasing those endorphins. Now you think it's not cheating because there's not another person in the room and you're not emotionally connecting with that person. There's no physical contact, right? Yeah, I don't think it's equivalent. Sure, you know but, that but, person's not a threat but, but, to you but in why? the same way. What, what? So you're not gonna like run off with that person in the same way. You don't. You so then in that account, don't know them. Mm-hmm. then in that account, prostitution is cheating or not cheating? Oh, well, then you are doing an act with somebody else. Like I, you, you are, but, but then the idea of running away with that person does not exist because it's a paid employee kind of thing. It's a service. I guess you're right. I'm confusing two things here. The whether or not it's cheating and whether or not you see that person as a threat can be separate parameters. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't see watching porn is cheating i would see having sex with another person whether they're a sex worker or not as cheating unless of course you know within your relationship that's part of it it's open or whatever i guess whether or not that person <laughs> is a threat to you is kind of less like a secondary question right but then what makes the the like what is the thing that makes that leap cheating is it the physical contact with another human being yeah, well, or it you know you could cheat with somebody emotionally, but I I don't think that's what we're talking about with porn. Because for me, I just bought like a VR headset, mm-hmm. and the porn that you can consume in virtual reality is so overwhelmingly real and uncomfortable that it does feel like cheating. Because mm-hmm. like I've shown my friends, right? Show the boys, and like the ones who are in relationships are the ones who are the first ones to be like, nope, can't do it. Like, this feels wrong. Mm-hmm. They get that feeling of, I, I shouldn't be doing this. They feel the guilt. Right, and I guess that does play into it as well, you know, because that's also a part of it, of 
you know, I, for example, I think the main cheating I witness out in the world is because I watch Made in Chelsea, the TV program. And I love it because there's something very centering about seeing some of the richest people you've ever seen have terrible relationships. It's like, a, it's a great equaliser of like, they can have all the money and privilege in the world. And if anything, it seems to count against them in terms of relationship skills rather than help. And mm. there's a lot of cheating that comes up in that show. And the disrespect of that is almost it's also like... Television. Yeah, I know. But the it's disrespect of... It's all fake. I'm so sorry. Oh, don't get me wrong. I watch it and I dislike the majority of the cast. <laughs> like, it's a show I enjoy because I'm not invested in these people's lives. I, I think they're going to be fine. So that's like my light watching. And, you know, I think there's there's layers of it where there's the cheating and then there's also the like the lying to them about the cheating, you know, and that's another layer of disrespect. And then there's a trying to like, okay, then you've been found out, you've given up on lying, then you're trying to twist the truth and be like, oh, but I didn't mean it, oh, but it wasn't that bad. And I do think at a certain point, like that person knew exactly what they were doing. And what you're saying kind of illustrates that. Like if it feels like cheating, then it probably is. Mm. And that's why it's difficult to like have a, a one stance on any of this because it varies every person's relationship. Yeah, but then you also get people who are absolute scumbags and can have sex with your sister and be like, oh, but it didn't feel bad. Like, there's just a sociopath. That's why it's so... Because it, it, you can't equate it to just the feeling of the guilt that makes it cheating. No, I'm saying that's, like, additional factors. Yeah. I think I'm probably very male-brained in this, where, like, cheating is, like, a set of behaviours in my brain, and then that stuff can be exacerbated by emotions involved and lying and other things like that. Also, I should pro- I should probably ask just so I don't act it out in this gender. Do you identify as male? Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Because <laughs> I think I threw in a du- dude earlier, and I was like, we we had the hair down, hair up conversation earlier, and I'm like, ah, I want to be safe. Yeah. No, I I answer to anything. I don't re- I don't mind. I occasionally am misgendered if I have my hair down, and I take it as a compliment. I love women. Yeah. I have a lot of respect. Where, where have we ended up that... So you're interviewing me. Do you have any follow-up questions about me not knowing my opinions on porn and cheating? I think we've, I think we've kind of found some of them out today together. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> sorry. I, I think it's just like an interesting conversation. And it's weird how it just went down this hole. Yeah, but it is a tricky thing in relationships. And I think it's you know increasingly become a problem because pornography is so accessible in a way now. And people grow up with it being so accessible. I, I don't want to blame porn. Oh, no, I'm saying it's a more common conversation, maybe. I'm not... What, what oh, do you yes, think so I'm blaming yeah, yeah. porn for? Cheating. No. No. I'm no. not. No. <laughs> I thought I we established maybe... I didn't think it was cheating. No, no, I know. No, no, no. I think I, in my head I was going somewhere, like, promiscuity. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what's happening anymore. What would you like to talk about next? <laughs> or do you yeah, have more thoughts on this? Hey, I've been st- let's go somewhere. Let's go to safer waters. <laughs> okay, so so finish up the story. So how did how did it go? So she told her friend. She felt uncomfortable about it. A lot of her friends thought it was a funny story. Where did it go for the relationship? Oh, how did the relationship end? Yeah, it didn't end well. <laughs> and so this was a big part of it. 
that's just one of the straws on, on that very back heavy camel. Oh. I I did two at my last two like fringe shows that I did mm-hmm. in Australia. The first one, the first hour was how much I was madly in love with this woman and how I felt like I'd met my soulmate. And then the second hour is how that absolutely shattered my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, did, it didn't end well. A lot of, a lot of shower crying. Well, I, yeah. Seemingly the bath slash shower was a, a big theme in this relationship. Oh my God. I remember at one point, it's like, she was in Perth. And it was during the pandemic when we like ended things. I left and I was sharing a bed with my friend for six months in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And one day she tell you, oh, I, don't, I probably shouldn't be saying this stuff on the podcast. I feel like I'm just talking to a friend. Good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she she sent me a photo of crying, being like, I miss you so much. And like, it hurt me so much to see that, mm-hmm. that like, the next day when I was like crying over it, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get her back. And I sent her a picture of me crying. <laughs> but like, it it didn't feel genuine. It felt like I was just trying to get her back because of how much that picture hurt me. And then like, I remember scrolling through the photos of her and I had seen that photo again and being like, oh. Who was I in that moment? I wonder if we can find it. Sure. <laughs> Why not? We are here now. And while you while you look for that photo, I'll ask you about other yeah. photos because something you've talked about on stage is yeah. people have a tendency of showing you dick pics that they've been sent. Is this true? Yeah, I've for sure seen some dicks. Like, so I, I guess in that story, yeah, I was talking about a random lady who was just yelling about dick pics. Mm-hmm. And then I showed her my dick pic, which was hilarious. Which I think I've upped my game recently. Okay, r- remind me, because you do like themed ones, right? Oh, so be- because I-, I don't like just sending dick pics. I think it's stupid and I don't think it's sexy. And I don't I don't think I'm sexy. Like, so I don't take it seriously. So like, yeah. Like, I've sent pictures of just me peeing as, like, a way to be like, ooh, I've used Snapchat on it. I've, I've done a lot of gross things. So this it. has been you, like, in a relationship, they ask for one, and then you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm silly with it. But I recently, so I got these done on last Wednesday, mm-hmm. and that when I took a shower the next day, I realized if you put the eyes on, on something that looks like a penis... <laughs> um, for the listeners you have eyes painted onto your thumbnails <laughs> like okay so imagine this is my dick <laughs> or you can put it right at the end I mean <laughs> it's a visual and that was just the stapler so. oh yeah sorry I didn't actually put my dick out please don't get me cancelled <laughs> Cool. Anything more to say about those, or did you find the photo, or should I ask you about something else? Oh, it might yeah, start wrapping up in a minute. Something else. Okay. While we're on the subject of your body, <laughs> it's, oh, a cl- it's a clunky transition for you. Going bald. Talk to me about that journey, because the hat what, has what become. What are you talking about? <laughs> the hat has become a, a staple of the stage, right? And is, does that relate to anything? Sorry, did, did my publicist not tell you? No, we're not allowed to ask bold questions. To talk about yeah, because I, I don't consider myself bald. It's a process. I'm balding, and I think balding is beautiful. Okay. 
was very serious. Too. And the hat is part of the beauty. Do like we we don't we don't really... actually have to talk about it. I'm just interested. No, I was, I was I was completely fucking around. I tried to make it like serious, but then I think you took it way too seriously. I thought you were joking, and then you carried it on a little <laughs> bit longer for me to believe in myself. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it off. I may go to Turkey, get it taken care of. You know, mm-hmm. a little follicles put on the forehead. It does. It's a hindrance to 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 the opposite sex, though. Mm-hmm. People definitely judge. And what do you think the judgment is? That you're older than you are, or that your sperm's aren't as quick? I don't know, because it is like it is a, a, a conduit of too much testosterone. I think people. It, it's just associated with just like gross, I guess. Yeah, well, like, this is part of why I wanted to ask you, because I do find it quite a strange thing that it's so common, and yet there can be this kind of mentality of, like, you know, catch a man before he boards, or, you know, wh- you know which one is heading in that direction. There is a weird currency to it that I've never understood. So, if, if you don't understand it, I'll explain it in a way that you might. It's their tits. So some people don't mind. They go like, oh yeah, like I still like the person, but other people judge so much. Do you know what I'm saying? That's why, like, when women get breast implants because they feel insecure for not having boobs, it's the same as a guy going to get hair transplant because it's a self confidence issue, right? You get to hold yourself a little more confidently because you're like, oh yeah, I'm not self conscious about this thing that everybody's looking at. I think I have body dysmorphia, but in the opposite direction. Oh. Like, I think I'm better looking than I am. I mean, that's the direction I'd rather have it in. I am definitely the opposite way around. Yeah. But, like, because, like, body dysmorphia is, like, an an unrealistic view of your body, right? Mm -hmm. I don't carry myself as a balding man. Or, like, someone who's got, like, a dad bod. Like, I, in my head, if I think, I'm like, oh, no, I have a six-pack and a luscious amount of hair. Like, I think I like I have a mental illness. Like, I have to. Like, I don't know where it comes from. And do you think that maybe it could be something to do with, like, your work? That you have to kind of, like, psych yourself up to such an extent to get on that stage every day? No? I don't psych myself up. What do you mean? I just I just walk on stage. Like I don't, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just asking you some questions. I'm not assuming no, no, of anything. Course, of course, of course. No, and I... I I, I even hate talking about this because it does sound egotistical. And also the hat thing. It's not like a part of stage. I've just always worn hats. And it's, I think, more culturally than anything. Right. Because over here, nobody wears hats. You know, come to Canada, go to America. You're more like rare not to be wearing a hat. I can't say it exactly makes sense here because the general vibe is no hats inside, except if it's a church. And I don't know where we got those rules. Mm. Most places, I've never, the only places that have turned me away from wearing a hat are like nightclubs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I don't go to nightclubs. Yeah. <laughs> like so, I, I hate nightclubs. Talking of rules, should we choose our rules of the game? <laughs> sure, yeah. I I don't know. I, I actually don't know the answer. I feel very confused at this point. I also don't have a rule of the game picked yet, so I hope you've thought of one. Okay, when you say rule of the game, you mean like a rule of dating? Yeah, so something you'd recommend trying to live by in dating or relationships. Okay, so like a rule, not something I look for. Like a rule is just 
find somebody who loves themselves and has, like doesn't make their life about you. Yeah. I love finding somebody who makes me want to be better so I can like rot and, and like in that term make each other be better people, right? Like I I've always enjoyed people who've like been doing their own shit. Yes. Who want to start a business, who want to be in the arts, who love creating. That kind of shit's my favorite. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for the head start of someone that has already a very full life. And I try and also be that person. So I'm looking for someone similar. And hopefully there's still some time left where our our calendars coincide. That that can be a tricky thing. But yeah, definitely it's an advantage. And then hopefully as part of that, you're steering away from any expectations that this person makes your life happy. Because actually you've got a very full and fruitful life with hopefully work you're passionate about, friends you like, that kind of stuff. And I think another rule... Mm-hmm. And I think that this is important. Is find somebody who makes you laugh as much as you make them laugh. Yes, I think that can be really key. Particularly, I've noticed with comics. Fair. I've thought of one as well, which relates very much to the conversation, which is that cheating isn't necessarily the same thing to you as it might be to your partner. <laughs> if we, oh well, yeah, <laughs> a good rule is establishing boundaries. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That we might assume what the rules are and it's you know can be scary but those conversations can be really important ideally before anything you feel a bit ick about has happened yeah cool all right on that note we will wrap up there if people want to find your work online you've got a website you also are going to be at the french festival this year yeah i'll be in the Edinburgh french so come hang out um yeah i got two shows canadian showcase and my solo show brilliant for now uh, thank you so much thank you thanks for listening you can support the show get ad free episodes and bonus content by joining our new subscription on apple podcasts this replaces our patreon and it's slightly cheaper our show is edited and produced by pete murter with music by the brilliant tessa violet speak to you next friday until then good Good luck luck out there. there